This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. I have a few key things that I would like to share with you this morning from the Word of God. If you would please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Revelation. Chapter 3. Revelation chapter, chapter 3. Father, I ask for your anointing on your word today. I pray for clarity of understanding. And I pray that your spirit would give all of us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to our church. I pray that you would continue the work that you have started in every single heart this morning. And that you would be honored and glorified not only in the church, but as we live our lives outside the walls of this building in our workplaces and in our homes, that we would reflect the character of a holy and a wonderful God. Guide us now as we learn from your word how we can do what pleases you to bring joy to your heart. In your precious name, Lord, amen. I want to take a few moments this morning to share with you from the last letter that was written Uh, to the churches. And this particular church in verse 14 of Revelation chapter 3 was written to the church in Laodicea. But I want to take a step back for a moment to say that every single one of us are in a constant battle. And in that battle, we must be prepared if we are going to be able to come out victorious. Battles aren't simply won by chance. There is much planning and preparation involved in winning a battle. And so too in the spiritual realm, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, we are told that we are to have the full armor of God so that we can be ready. You and I need to live ready. It's very important that we be prepared for the enemy because one way or another, we are going to be in a fight. How we come out of that fight will be determined by how ready we are when we go into it. And so, I want to share with you this morning that God already knows how weak we are. He knows our tendencies toward the flesh. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 8, which I love, because it gives us step by step how we can live lives that are victorious by the power of the Spirit of God over those things that constantly want to destroy us and to put us in a state of compromise. When you live in a state of compromise, you lose your boldness. Because you can't be bold for God when you're living for the devil. Now, you may not feel like it's living for the devil, but the truth is, is whenever you listen to the enemy, you become his servant. And you may not be all out his servant, 
but there are ways in which you can listen to the enemy and allow him actually to influence your life if you don't stay in tune with the Spirit of God. Now, as we look back over all of the churches that Jesus wrote letters to, I want to just uh, share with you the prize that was given for those who are victorious. And to every single church, Jesus said, to those who are victorious, and then he filled in a blank. And each church, he highlighted different things that those who are victorious are going to get. And what a blessing that we have the letters to all the churches right here in front of us compiled for us to be able to see what the Lord has in store for us when we are victorious. So if you would lend me your ears for a moment, I want to start back in chapter 2, verse 7, and to read this. It says, uh, let's see here. In verse 7, it says, in the second half of it, to everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. All right, that's to the church in Ephesus. To the church in Smyrna, Jesus said these words, whoever is victorious, verse 11, whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. To the church in Pergamum, we look at verse 17, and it says, to everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven, and I will give to each one a white stone. And on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's going to be yours if you are victorious. Then we go on down and we see in verse 26, Jesus said this to the church in Thyatira. To all who are victorious, listen to this who obey me to the very end. To them will I give authority over all the nations. Did you know that's coming your way? They will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority that I received from my father, and I will also give them the morning star. Well, that's a lot of prizes you've got coming your way. Now let's go on to chapter 3, verse 5. What else is coming our way if we're victorious? Verse 5, all who are victorious will be clothed in white, and I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my Father and his angels that they are mine. Let's look at verse 12. This is to the church in Philadelphia. Jesus said, all who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them 
my new name. Now we move on to the last church, the church in Laodicea. And I want to begin, we'll get to what they're going to, what was highlighted for those who are victorious in this particular letter. But I want to begin from the beginning here in verse 14, and if we could read that together. In verse 14, it says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things that you do, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire, and then you will be rich. Also, buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. I'm going to pause there for a moment. The problem with the church in Laodicea was they were indifferent. Kind of take it or leave it, whatever comes. I'm okay with God. I'm okay without God. And we live in a society today, particularly in our nation, that is developing more and more of a notable indifference to the things of God. Where the idea of, well, it's okay if it works for you, but I'm not interested. You do your thing, I'll do mine. But see, when the fire of God shows up, indifference can't stick around. Indifference becomes uncomfortable in the presence of the fire of a holy God. And what happens is the enemy tries to squelch the work of God in us so that we'll hush down. You just don't bother anybody. Mind your own business. Yes, we serve a powerful God. Don't tell too many people about it. But God wants you and I to be megaphones of his greatness. And we need a workout of our vocal cords so that we don't allow timidity to hold us back from proclaiming the goodness of our God. And many times, the one who needs to hear the proclamation the most is the one who proclaims it. Because as you speak, your ears listen to your own voice. Every time I come up here to speak, I think to myself, oh, Lord, may I hear what I say, and may I say what's on your heart. 
You see, there's something about you stepping out and proclaiming the goodness of God that will eradicate indifference from your life. The enemy wants you to quiet down, to just kind of mind your own business, and somehow we get locked into the rut, and when we're in the rut, we can't find our way out because we are not allowing the power of God to come in and to shake us up, to wake us up, so that we'll be able to see the glory of God in every circumstance of our lives. God is not limited to Sunday morning at Christian Life Center or any other church in Springfield or the Pioneer Valley. God desires to break loose. When he came to the earth, yes, he went to the synagogue on a regular basis. But he also was out in the streets with the people who were broken. Right where you guys are. Right where I go, shopping, to the gas station, wherever God sends you, there are broken people there. And God has ordained it that you be the bearer of the good news. And if you don't, who will? Sometimes we fool ourselves to think, well, that's just not my thing. Well, what is your thing? Think about it. What is your thing? If that's not it, what has God called us to do? He redeemed you. When you have experienced the redemption of the Spirit of God, there's something that wells up within you. We all might express it a little differently, but there's got to be something inside of you that says, Oh, praise God, I've been redeemed. Something's got to burst out. And if there's nothing to burst out, then you need to revisit your level of indifference. Because this church that Jesus was writing to in Laodicea, they said, I'm good. I've got enough money, I've got enough things. In fact, they came to the conclusion, I don't need anything. So in their assessment, now this is a church. These are people of the living God. And they believe everything's fine. God shows up. Let's check things out. Let's assess the situation a little bit. And he says, well, I've looked over a few things, and I'd like to give you my assessment. So I understand that you guys think you've got everything you need. You've got enough money that all is going just fine for you. But I'd like to share with you, he says in this letter, some things that I've observed as I've been looking down from on high. He says, you think everything's going fine, but I think there are a few things, he says, you don't realize. He says, you're neither hot nor cold. You're just kind of right in the lukewarm spot. And he says, it makes me sick. You know, when God speaks, he doesn't always make it sound pretty. You know, I don't know if you would have write it, write it the way God wrote it, but he said, I want to spit you out of my mouth. He's talking to the church. That's pretty serious, don't you think? 
just think about that. Think if someone wrote you a note. You know, you better get your act together. And I feel like spitting you out of my mouth. Like, what? That's what he said. Do you think he means it? I believe he does. And so, that's how he, that's how he says. He begins. And then he says, you say, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. But you don't realize you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So basically, you think all of this is fine, but it's exactly the opposite. And then he says this, I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Now, think about it for a moment. Jesus is saying, you guys are all messed up. This is all out of whack. You think you're doing fine, but you're not. But I'm so glad God doesn't stop there, aren't you? Otherwise, we'd live lives of just condemnation, like, wow, woe is me. We're done. Jesus will move on to the next church. But no, he says, I still want to work with you. He says, so I'll tell you exactly what you need so we can get back in, back in relationship here. He said, exactly what you need is you need to buy some gold that is refined by the fire. There is an uncomfortability when the fire of God is allowed to work in your life because fire doesn't play favorites. I don't know if any of you saw the news reports in the fires that happened in California. Uh, my my half-sister actually lives um, in Chico, which is where the fire came about a mile and a half uh, or so from where they live. But the city or the, the little town called Paradise was completely annihilated. If any of you saw the pictures, everything was scorched. Uh, houses were completely reduced to rubble. And unfortunately, so many people lost their lives because they weren't able to get out in time. And the winds were blowing so fast and the fire just raged through. The Bible tells us that all of our works are going to be tried by fire. So when I think about that analogy, I think about the picture I saw with paradise and my sister was asking for prayer that the fire would not end up going to their house. And thank the Lord, it didn't. It stopped short of their area. But when fire comes, it just destroys everything. Now, fire can be negative in that destruction, but the Bible tells us that our God is a consuming fire. To get our heart and our head around that, the same elements of what happens when a fire goes through and completely consumes everything like it did in paradise is a similar way when you allow the fire of God to work in your life. Because anything that is burnable will burn. And that's very uncomfortable. If in your life you are entertaining something in your mind or in your spirit or in your body that is not something that honors God, God wants to purify you. He doesn't want to destroy you. 
He wants to purify you so that you will not have to be judged with the world. That's what the scripture says. So see, if you present yourself to God and let him do it surgically, he'll apply the fire in a very customized way. Like this little area, we're going to just apply the flame right there. He'll clean that right up. But it's not going to destroy you because he loves you. But here's the thing. If you allow those things that fire will burn up to consume your life, in the end, when the fire comes, you will end up being consumed because you will be made up of consumable stuff. But if you allow the Spirit of God to step by step surgically burn out those things, then when the entire fire comes, it won't have the same effect on you. Because what goes through it is unburnable. So when a fire comes to an area and ravages everything, the safest place that you can be when a huge wildfire is burning is in the entire area that has already been completely consumed by the fire. Why? Because there's nothing to catch fire anymore. It's all gone. So in a similar analogy, when you allow yourself to be brought under the surgical fire of God, he will properly take out everything that needs to be taken out so that when the fire, you know, the Bible says that this world will not be flooded again. That was the promise God gave to Noah. He said, this world will not be flooded, and he gave him the rainbow as a promise. But do you remember what he said would happen? And we read that in the book of Peter. It says it will all be destroyed by fire. That's his word. And so everything is going to be consumed. But when you and I come under the direction of the Spirit of God and God does that cleansing work, then when the fire comes through, it won't have an effect on us because we will have already allowed the Lord to purify our hearts. When Ananias and Sapphira, who were a part of the church in the book of Acts, and you can read about it in Acts chapter 5, they thought they could get away with getting credit for something they never gave. So both the husband and the wife agreed that they would they would give a certain amount of money to the church, and they had sold some property, which was a noble thing, and they were going to give some money to the church. That's great. But the problem was is that they didn't say they were giving some money. They said that it was the entire amount. They lied. And see, that area in their life was something what I'm referencing this morning. That was a consumable and they were harboring that. So now they go to Peter, a man filled with the discernment of the Lord. And, and first it's the husband. And he's like, yep, here's all the money that we got from the sale. And Peter looks at him and says, you're lying to me. But you're not lying to me. You're lying to the Holy Spirit. And in essence, 
the fire is going to come through here, and it's going to burn whatever's burnable. And I'm really sorry to say, Ananias, it's not looking too good for you. Boom. He falls down dead. Why? That was the touch of the fire of God. Took him out. Why would it take him out? Because God is a holy God. Then his wife comes in. And Peter says, well, let's see how this went. Maybe this was just a one-person thing. So he asked the question, is it true that you guys sold the property? And is this all the money that, uh, that you guys got from the property? Oh, yes, that's all, all of it. Peter looks at her and says, the same people that dragged your husband out of here are going to drag you out as well because the fire of God is going to clean this house. And you know what happened after that? Not a lot of people came to the church. I wonder why. That's what it says. Because they were afraid. Why were they afraid? It's a loving God, full of grace, mercy, and fire. God wants us to be prepared for whatever comes our way. The reason why the Holy Spirit calls us like he did this morning to the altar is so that when the fire comes that will eventually destroy this world, that we will be spared. Why? Because we've already allowed the Lord to burn out those things in our lives. And so this is what Jesus had to say to this church. He said, buy gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. You can purchase various levels of gold. For those of you who have gone searching for buying a ring, getting married, you, you get gold that is refined. It was over 20 years ago that my wife gave me this gold ring, and it still shines because it's been refined. God wants every one of us to last and in order for us to last, we have to go through the refinery. The refinery is the work of God through sometimes great pressure, stress, problems, challenges, trials of many kinds. And as God walks you through them, you may not realize it, but he's working on your character. He's teaching you patience. Are you willing to wait? Are you willing to be kind to this person even though they are not kind to you at all? Are you willing to allow my spirit to work in you and through you all through the process? If you allow the spirit of God to do that in 2019, I can guarantee you something. By the end of this year, you will be more mature in Christ. You will have a greater boldness. I have no doubt about it. 
because the more you surrender to God, it's inevitable. Boldness grows. Fear has to go where the love of God comes in. It's just the way it works. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. You know, it comes in, it just get out of here. So you may think, how am I going to deal? How am I going to? You don't have to deal with it. Just let it be. Just invite the love in of the Lord. He'll come in and kick out the fear. Sometimes we try so hard to manipulate things we can't do anyways. But we have to invite the Lord in. He'll come in and clean house. And that's why when you pray and you do your devotion time, time in the prayer closet, be open with God. It's okay to have a little devotional. There's all kinds of things out there. But I do encourage you to get real with God. Because some of these things, they're done for us, and it can almost become a little canned. Where you sit there, you read it, you do this, you do that, and you're like, done, talk to God today, see you later. You know, and, and sometimes you haven't even had a conversation with God when you're done. You know, and I'm not putting down uh, devotionals because there's some really good ones. But don't allow that to take the place of your relationship with God. And if from time to time you have to veer off of that a little bit, that's okay. You know, when you have conversations with your friends, hopefully from time to time there's something that comes out of you that's just genuine. You know, and that's the way it should be with God. You don't show up to talk to your friend with a list of things that you're going to talk about all the time, maybe now and then. So your, your relationship with the Lord should be something that is fresh and something where you can communicate with him on a regular basis using his word. Jesus said this. He said, I stand, he, he says, uh, he says, buy gold that has been purified by fire, then you will be rich. Also, buy white garments from me, so you will not be shamed by your nakedness. An ointment for your eyes, so that you'll be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. And then he says, look, I stand at the door and knock. And the sad part here is this is not talking to the world. He's talking to this church. And he's standing at the door of the church, and he's saying, can I please come in? Can you imagine? He says, can I please come in? If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. Then he says, those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne. That's amazing. When I picture Jesus on the throne, you know, initially I just think like that's his spot. That's his spot. You know, I wouldn't dare go and excuse me. Sit right down beside you. But did you hear what, what we just read? He says, I'll scoot over and I'll let you join me. That's got to be a big throne. To everyone who is victorious. Will sit with me. On my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying. Would you close yourself in with God for a moment? We've had a wonderful time of prayer. The Lord has heard every bit of our hearts cry for the baptism of fire, for the baptism of his Holy Spirit. But I never like to let an opportunity go by without making an invitation 
for anyone present in this room who either has never given Jesus the throne of your heart or maybe you did, but you've walked away from him and you've chosen to do your own thing. The Holy Spirit says to you today, if you're willing to respond, I'll take you back and I will restore you. God loves you today. And if you're in this room and you have not asked Jesus to become the Lord of your life, today can be a brand new day and a great start to a brand new year. And I want to simply provide this invitation to you. If you would like to say, Jesus, please come in and make me brand new. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross and that you paid for my sin and I'm willing to receive your sacrifice in my place. If that's you, would you simply raise your hand right where you're sitting this morning? I'd be very glad to pray with you and to believe God for a brand new life for you and your name will be written in the book of life. Is there anyone this morning? Because this is so critical, I ask one more time, is there anyone God is calling you to his heart because he loves you. I sincerely hope that everyone present in this room is ready to meet Jesus. As we close this time together, I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray that the Lord will help you to live in victory. And I want to encourage each one of you to read the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And the Spirit of God is going to speak to you through that chapter about living in the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the same as living a victorious life. And then all of these things Jesus promised to these churches, it's all yours. Father, in the name of Jesus, we have opened our heart to you this morning. And I know that everyone who comes to you, you will never reject. And so right now, I pray for every person that is present in this room, that your Holy Spirit would give them the courage and the strength to live victorious lives. I pray that every time that they are tempted, that they will take the way out that you provide for them. I pray that they will live regularly prepared with the armor of God. I pray, Spirit of God, that they will daily spend time in your presence so that they will get to know you, 
to get to know how you think, to get to know how you talk, to get to know what makes you upset, to get to know what brings you joy. May they come to know you, Lord, through your word. And during their times of prayer, Holy Spirit, would you bring so clearly to their minds and their hearts the specific areas of the scriptures that would apply to whatever they're dealing with. Speak to them, Spirit of God. And I pray, fire of God, that you would burn out anything in Christian Life Center that doesn't belong. Jesus, this is your church. And I know you're coming back for your church. And I know you don't want there to be a blemish or any wrinkles or anything like that. So if there's not going to be blemishes or wrinkles, there's got to be some work going on to get them out. So Spirit of God, would you please refine us? Would you purify this church? God, if there are those in our church body that are harboring sins that they know about and they're intentionally continuing to live in disobedience, Lord, I pray that you would deal with it. I pray that you would bring it to their attention so strongly that they would feel uncomfortable, that they feel no peace until they deal with the matter. God, I ask that you would purify this church so that we could be effective and that your spirit will not be limited in any way in what you want to do, not only in this church, but through this church. Because there's a lost and dying world out there. And you need us to be united and walking together in holiness so that we can be effective to touch our Pioneer Valley area. So God, I humble myself before you as the pastor here. And I ask that you would purify me. Purify my family. Purify the entire staff of leadership. Purify all the deacons. Purify all the volunteers. Purify every person who comes into this building. And I pray, Lord, that there would be such a sense of your presence that people would have a holy reverence for you when they come to Christian Life Center. That there would be no attitude of indifference, but of holiness and righteousness and love for you. Thank you for the work you're doing. And thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' precious name, amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you. Amen. Have a blessed day in the presence of the Lord.